This week's episode is brought to you in part by Mega Knife. Hunter, I could not be more excited than to have Mega Knife on as a sponsor of the show, and I think you feel the same way. Dude, I am such a fan of this site, this shop. It's awesome. They have everything. Yes, they have knives, but they also have swords and miniature crossbows. What is there not to love about Mega Knife? You know, I <laughs> when you're talking about knives, you're like, yes, there's all different kinds of knives. You know, you can get automatics out the fronts. But did you know that a crossbow is one of the types of knives that you can have? That is exciting <laughs> to me. And they've got a little something for everybody. They've got a bunch of fixed blade survival gear. They've even got some pretty cool survival sets. Maybe if you're into camping, something like that. They've got, you know, serrateds and hatchets and window breaks and different survival gear whoa, all whoa, bundled whoa, together. Whoa, whoa, This is so much for me to just handle. I don't know if I can even pick something. What if, is there something there for me? Why, yes, of course. There's the Mega Knife Knife Club where you can sign up up to subscribe to get different knives shipped to you never make a decision again and let the experts at mega knife do it for you that's right and also maybe you're not an outdoorsy type maybe you're a giant freaking nerd and you don't actually ever need a blade <laughs> for any reason that's fine too because they got knives for you they've got csgo and valorant replica knives so you can cosplay as your favorite video game character running around your parents basement it is going to be <laughs> sick so Go over to carpooling.com slash knife right now. That's our affiliate link with uh, Mega Knife. Pick you out a knife and, you know what, pick you out too because you deserve it. And stick around to the end of the show and we'll tell you what the carpooling knife of the week is. You don't want to miss it. You'll be supporting the show. We thank you. Mega Knife thanks you. So check them out and enjoy this week's episode of Carpooling. Hello, hearts and alarms, salutations and applause. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us here yet again at Carl Pulling. Carl Pulling, it is the number one show that will get you fired. It is the number one show that teaches you the unmitigated truth. Listen, there's a lot of shows, right? Yeah. Some people listen to The View because they want to be made fun of when they share their opinions. Mm, mm. Some people listen to MSNBC because they're Winston at the end of 1984 and they realize that they love Big Brother oh. and they want they want the bullet to do its justice swiftly to their liberty induced brain. But you you come to carpooling because you want to know the truth, the unmitigated truth and when you share your opinions at parties and at family gatherings, you want your liberal aunt to weep openly into the potato salad at this sal salutary and salvatory knowledge that you've shared with her that you've acquired from Carl Pulling. So we're happy that you're here. This is the number one show. Oh. I'll just come out and say it. By That's what rating system or metric? Hard to say. And every number one show needs a number two. Hunter, <laughs> welcome. Thanks for joining us again this week. Hey, it's my pleasure. And let me introduce to you <laughs> the number three, our pet robot, Jamie. Uh, Howdy. Yeah. And I don't even know what that means or your joke, apparently. 
So that's great. You know what to know something, Chris? I uh, do. I've read 1984, the book, with my own eyes. And I always thought at the end, Winston doesn't die. But it seems to me like a lot of people have the opinion he does. And I can't decide if I'm an idiot or if other people are the idiots. I'm with you, think... Hunter. Oh, uh, thanks. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay, chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really love your cold, calculated, metallic opinion on <laughs> seminal works of Western art. Don't if you talk over me again, I swear I will. T- I can just cut you from the podcast. Um, so I edit it. <laughs> I I understand that, but you do so at my will, right? And and my will changes frequently. I feel it changing now. Okay, so um, as long as we're done listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator about what it thinks of of Beethoven, I can't even believe I'm having this conversation. <laughs> I've I've become intrigued with an idea, a literary idea that I I believe I believe is employed at the end of 1984. That's great. Called- Welcome to Carl Pullard, the number one <laughs> show that you guys just love to listen to. Follow us at Carl Pullard on Twitter and Instagram. Why haven't you rated the show? It's about time you rated the show. We got great opinions on here. Christopher's got theories that nobody not, cares. <laughs> not great opinions. Great, uh, unassailable prismatic and perfect truths my mistake um we talk we're two brothers and we talk about everything from politics to religion to art it's a great time come and join us listen to us every week we've got some cool sponsors for you guys today uh chris do you want to Can say I punch that sentence up for you for just a second while yeah, we're, while we're on this one too. while we're just rocketing towards <laughs> our show's topic today yeah uh you don't have to tell people we're two brothers. Do they not know that? The, just say we're brothers. Well, what if the what, two what if, is entirely redundant? Well, I always like to bring up the number two because that's who I am. <laughs> so <laughs> that's well, okay. I I get it. it. It's kind of like your brand. Yeah, you know. I love that for you. <laughs> um, okay, so literary uh, the literary device is practical ambiguity. Okay. In that, the and it's different than this this sophistic. It's up to the interpretation of the viewer because sure. the the writer was kind of a moron and not very good at his job. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's this idea that it's it's ambiguous with a purpose because not the mulling about over it, but mm-hmm. that there's a there's a useful idea in both interpretations and actually what the writer would like to describe to you rather than any certain factual storyline that the, the narrative could take is right. both ideas simultaneously amalgamating because because, you know, in certain in certain instances uh, especially in transcendent divine instances, that is yeah. possible. I believe that's what's happening at the night at the end of 1984. I've been a big proponent of Winston gets shot in the back of the head for a long time, but you and think now it's both. I think, yeah, I think it's I think it's, um, but both on purpose. Like he wants you to right. be you like is is that his last thought? Has he finally been converted? And upon being converted, he's eliminated because he's a threat, or has he been converted and he's fully converted and this is his last true 
free thought. And now he's yeah, yeah. And this is what makes it so beautiful. Yeah. It's this idea. Once you're fully converted, there's no difference. You might as well be dead. That's perfect. And yeah, once you only once you're dead are you fully converted. Yeah. So what's yeah. the difference? Yeah, right? Love and, it. and I think you I think I think the the intention was to have both those ideas exist simultaneously. But I like to think at the end of the book that he kills Big Brother and lives happily ever after. That okay. Well, that takes a little bit more gymnastics. <laughs> but well, th- all these writers are telling me I get to decide. So you know, to uh, why can't I, I be right? <laughs> I don't know that Orwell was like a postmodernist, choose your own adventure novelist, really. But what you know. To each their own. I'm sure when you're reading I Am Jazz, yeah. you you do get to choose the ending. Do I you do. either reject the book or do you not reject its premise and then 20 years from now you kill yourself? Anyhow, welcome to Carl Pooling. Oh my God. <laughs> Have you seen the latest it's season? It's not good. Of- no, I, no, Dude, I haven't, I've, but I've seen I, clips from it. I mean, it's I, obviously, sad. okay, obviously, I didn't like watch it with a bottle of white zin on the couch. <laughs> you know, oh my god, can you believe? But it's it's, it's sad. Rough. It, that's what activists activists do generally, uh, not always, but generally, activism unmeted by mm. any type of conservation effort, mm. they they destroy. Yeah. They they go too far and they they bloat and and enfeeble everything that they touch and that is what is happening corporally to jazz. Mm. Uh, mm. It's very mm. sad, very yeah. sad story. Yeah, I would hate to say we told you so, but not that much. We did tell you so. Okay, so <laughs> there's so much to talk about today, Hunter. I just want to start with one of my favorite headlines, if you don't mind. Oh sure, from yeah. The, and this isn't going to be the top one on everybody's list. Yeah, but this is the one that felt the most personal to me. <laughs> mm. So uh, we're not going to get into it, but there's big unrest in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia is making peace with Houthi-backed rebels or Iran-backed Houthi rebels, and and there's uh, some very strange things that are going on over there. The tough part is that it's being brokered by China. Uh, you've got the assimilation and conglomeration of the BRICS which effectively control all of the world's oil exports. Now they're clearing a bunch of transactions in the yuan. It's a really bad time over there. So, but <laughs> in in what can be considered my favorite move of the Biden administration, and I have nothing for them but unmitigated kudos for this, the U.S. deployed the USS Florida <laughs> to the Middle East. Now, usually we don't speak up about uh you know the united states doesn't speak up about submarine movements but i will tell you the uss florida is a nuclear submarine that is capable of carrying 154 tomahawk missiles and we announced that we were going to move it to the middle east Uh, let me tell you what it might be able to launch 154 tomahawk missiles but it can also deploy 3,000 gators (laughs) (laughs) and about you know, somewhere between sixty and two thousand swamp people, and here's yeah. the scary part: they're all related. And the reason it's because it's between sixty and two thousand is it was sixty when they left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's anybody's <laughs> guess by the time they show up. Hey, Christopher, have you ever seen Ron DeSantis and the USS Florida in the same room together? Oh my lord, I have it. 
and it just I feel like a fool. It struck me all at one time. Yeah, I mean, there's no, I mean, he was a Navy SEAL, right? He was There was no reason for Robert Pattinson to wear that much eye makeup. <laughs> Ron DeSantis is a nuclear submarine full I'm, of gators, inbreds, and tomahawk missiles. Yeah, did you? Did you? I, I sent you a meme today. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like these little girls looking at the new uh, mermaid who is African American, and they were like, "Oh, it's me," because it's representation. And then it has like every boy from all across the world looking at Optimus Prime and going, that is exactly me, like 100% <laughs> yeah. me. And like, that was like, yeah, like I feel like I'm feeling that synergy right now with Ron DeSantis as a nuclear submarine. It's like, yeah, of course he is, you know? Yeah. Us poor boys. You know what? Don't meet your heroes unless your heroes are nuclear inbred subs. gator toting Ron DeSantis <laughs> as a nuclear submarine, in which case meet your heroes at every opportunity. Yeah. Um, but don't go to the Middle East to meet him. Uh, wait, just wait, wait till he comes back. Wait till he comes back. Yeah. It's He's not like they're all going to learn to swim to go, f- to, you know, attack him. Yeah. So I think we're probably fine. Good stuff. Um. All right. So, uh, Hunter, before we get further off course, which seems almost impossible. Yeah. Um. Please donate the the roadkill to the charity of our ears we're heading to that ditch and i'm just going to careen us right into that raccoon watch bud light's new marketing vp talk about her desire to update the out of touch brand with inclusivity have you seen this have you seen Um, this unfortunately hunter i have i have seen this so think about it you're a beer company (laughs) and You've never had a woman involved with marketing before. Hire in. What's she going to do? Oh, she's literally going to change the whole branding of the company to bring out more inclusive. Inclus- I can't even say the word. Inclusivity. Blech. And she is going to send a can of Dylan Mulvaney to Dylan Mulvaney. So that he wait, can drink Hold on himself. a second. Honor, wait, what, wait but one moment. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Is Budweiser selling a can of Dylan Mulvaney? <laughs> Maybe. There's a, got how a could lot you of tell? Bill, first of all, I can't imagine that it's cheap because there's only <laughs> enough of that twink to fill like four cans. Oh no. Oh no. That's not okay. I mean, listen, we while we're on the subject of, of you know, transgenderism being a mental disorder, let's all go ahead and throw in an eating disorder as well, because I, I don't think anyone's get second guessing. Uh, also, Bud Light, sure, it's a light beer. That thing doesn't drink any of it, guaranteed, mm. because you don't get to look like a, a sheet of plywood by drinking any beer whatsoever, okay? Mm. So let's just be very clear. So what i think i what i think you're getting at is not that they're shipping out cans of <laughs> the spokesperson Dylan Mulvaney which listen ah they might be that seems like a very short-sighted marketing opportunity <laughs> <laughs> but you meant they sent a case of bud light to Dylan Mulvaney no i meant the first one <laughs> okay all right well but go you're... buy a knife online from <laughs> megaknife.com <laughs> 
But yeah, and so it's crazy because if I if you think back when we were kids, we would watch like Budweiser commercials and Bud Light commercials during like the Super Bowl, and they were like yeah. the craziest, raunchiest commercials on television, and they were hysterical, and they'd have competitions and everything for them, and and now. It's like they forgot the people. They forgot who brought them to the dance. They forgot who made them famous. And they're thinking, you know, what do we have to do to make Bud Light more successful? Ah, we've got to bring in that younger audience. Stop bringing in the younger audience. Stop it. Find a way to sell your stuff in a way to everybody that makes it palatable. Be a good product. Be a good beer. Figure that out because everyone thinks you're a terrible beer. And, like, if you did that, people would buy Bud Light. But yeah, until the, you do that, it's not going to happen. The reason the trans aren't drinking Bud Light is not because you're perceived as not being inclusive. Exactly. But that's why you shouldn't hire women. Full stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, though. Like, Bud Light. I've I'll, go to just do this. Go to your local supermarket. Find where the Bud Light is. I guess this is an experiment that you can't run anymore because the well has been poisoned. But. Okay, here's the experiment. Here's the procedure. One, meet an enigmatic old doctor who owns a, a classic car of some sort that you can tell he's tinkering on but not under the hood, okay? Then give him a sufficient number of gigawatts. Step three, go back in time. Step four, go to your local supermarket and then watch watch the Bud Light section. And just just take notes. Take a Polaroid picture. You don't want to scare the natives. Take a Polaroid picture of anybody that goes into the cooler and grabs a case, okay? You're not going to find a single... Listen, here's what you won't find, okay? Nobody in a suit. Nobody yep. with breasts, okay? No, nobody who's shaved recently. This Anything is, with plastic surgery. Well, yep. yeah, probably. Unless, unless they're the leader of a bicycle gang that had re something reconstructed done after half their face got donated to the asphalt. So, but but you get the point. It's just like, it's crazy. And then the they hired this thing to lead their marketing department and she's like, you know what we need? We need a, a, a just the smallest, idiotiest, bittiest twink dude from instagram to jump back and forth in a push-up bra and stretch and stuff we need that to sell our beer because if there's one thing i know about bikers it's that they've got some problems <laughs> which hey long bet but maybe it works out for you but i don't see it happening yeah so i tweeted out i tweeted out this weekend i was like i think we need to crack like collectively crack a window in all marketing departments in America because I don't I think there's a gas leak somewhere and I'm concerned for everybody's health because it's just crazy. Did you see that RuPaul is now sponsored or, or By... yeah, sponsoring uh doing the sponsor work for Jack Daniels? <laughs> this is this is just insane. It if just doesn't anything... make any sense. That if anything that had ever been on RuPaul's Drag Race walked into the home of someone who was a Jack Daniels customer, Here, it wouldn't live. I'm it would not you, live. I want to tell you something very important. The people that drink Jack Daniels, they don't have a Facebook. Maybe. Maybe they have a <laughs> Facebook. That is it. They don't have a Twitter. They don't even know what Vine is. 
The um, only social media they reliably have is a GoFundMe for their bail fund, <laughs> trying to right. pay for their domestic abuse charge. This is what happens when you go to Harvard, you live online, you're taught all these things to do, and then you go out and you don't know who your target demographics are for these massive companies that sell to everybody. You forget right. who you serve. You forget the people that actually buy your product. And that's the thing that's so crazy about technology is it tricks us into thinking that everybody thinks this way. And it's crazy. It's insanity. And unless you're having conversations with people, unless you're remembering and making an effort to say that, hey, not everybody is has my perspective on the world and everyone has my feelings or my thoughts, you're going to miss that and you're going to make mistakes like we continue to see big companies make. So, um, yeah. And that I think that is the salient point, Hunter, is just how to out of touch our elites are. So we right. have we have a message to all every marketing senior executive across the country, and it actually comes from Michael Jordan. Michael, <clears throat> sorry, he's quite old at this point. Michael, stop it! Get some help. Aww. Okay, thank you, Michael. That's that was actually nice of him. That was nice of you to say. Yeah. All right. Well, Hunter, let us get into the show proper in that case. We actually have quite a few topics to get to today. And and it's not like a headline show. I think all these things are loosely, loosely related. Effectively, what we want to discuss is people in politics, our leaders the folks that have been elected and appointed how they're conducting themselves it's a it's a health of the republic check-in mm. because there's been quite a few stories over the past couple of days that have been a real scandal from the position of how our political leaders are interacting with their constituencies with the law, with committees, etc. So let's jump right into that. Hunter, what's our first story today? We're going to talk about what happened at the Tennessee Congress and how they just got interrupted by a lot of uh, peaceful protesters. And that resulted in several members of that body getting kicked and the reaction uh from the political elites regarding that. Uh, now, Hunter, when you say peaceful protest, do you mean real earth, like true earth peaceful, or CNN peaceful? CNN peaceful, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Let, let's set the stage here for a second, mm. because I think this is very important and very telling. Uh, these protests at Nashville's capital are occurring over the topic of, you guessed it, gun control. If you listened to our episode last week, which, by the way, you should. It was a, it was a brilliant, tasteful episode. Uh, charming, witty, sophisticated. Understated. Thank you, Jamie. I believe it was understated. And uh, it had a certain je ne sais quoi, joie de vivre. Um, you're going to want to... You're going to want to... Pour yourself a glass of some of gay Bud drink Light. like Jack Daniels or Bud Light. <laughs> Get on the couch, wear something comfortable, and spend some time with that episode, I think. Mm. But in reference to the shooting that happened in Tennessee, 
uh, in their typical fashion, Democratic lawmakers just completely lost their minds and started screaming that we need gun control now. Uh, they somehow connected that to the line, no justice, no peace. And last I checked, there was justice had been duly adjudicated because the uh, temperature, the body temperature of the school shooter is equivalent to the the room that she's been kept in, yeah, yeah, which is just perfect justice as far as I'm concerned. And that they, they they love it's just one of those sayings that they say, but they don't really think about what it mm-hmm. means or how it applies. Mm-hmm. And then they were decrying that the Tennessee legislature, by not doing what they wanted them to do, which was to pass sweeping gun reform laws, were engaged in some sort of fascism. Now, Hunter, I hate to be this way. I I truly believe, I believe, if you asked federal and state Democratic uh, representatives what the word fascism means, which Mm -hmm. which is complicated in that it's been semantically overloaded, but very simple in its actual definition, we've talked about it on the show before. Go back and listen to one of our early episodes. I believe if you ask the majority of them, they would not actually be able to tell you the answer. What is the definition of fascism? Yeah. They would probably say it was racism. They would probably say it was Republicans. They would probably just say it's anybody who doesn't do what I want. They would probably, I'm sure yeah, they'd throw the poor in there. The, the best answer you would get would be a list of several policies. That would be ones that people on the right side of the aisle promoted. right? But it still would not be anywhere close to what fascism is. Right, right. And and fascism, here, I'll do it for free. You ready? They they still won't learn. Fascism is autocratic, oligarchic, or tyrannical control of of a governmental system that is typified by blood and soil, by by motherland and and mother country and pure purity of race. This is the this is the most basic form of fascism blood and soil bound tyranny so and there's there's other types of fascism let's say that have sprouted up like if if you wanted to talk about specifically italian fascism obviously that would have its own flavor right but the the core idea of fascism is is tyrannical blood and soil uh government Mm. so there you have it for free it still won't help them they won't listen to the show I've, i've i've asked them i've begged I've begged them to listen to the show. <laughs> I threw an iPod at a senator once. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. It's that strange binding together of both the state and the private in that mission of blood and soil. Right. Yeah. And that is that is what it is. And you uh, know it, th- that's the goofy part about fascism too, is that it it tries to build this social cohesion among the populace while still being tyrannical. Mm-hmm. So it's it's elevating the people to the highest possible degree while usurping their authority and denigrating them so it's a real it's a real confused message generally speaking very julius caesar of them yes very julius caesar of them yeah so so they decried but here's what here's why i make the point they were decrying the fact that 
gun reform wasn't happening as fascist. And let me just guarantee you that not changing laws is not fascism. When fascism comes into town, laws change dramatically. And here's one of the ways that you can tell. Typically, the laws governing how laws change, change first. Did you catch that? I'll say it one more time. The laws that govern how laws change, change first. Hitler shows up on the scene and he doesn't automatically go, so I have this idea called Auschwitz. What he says first is that I'll be chancellor forever. And we're going to write it into our law that I can be chancellor in perpetuity. Right? That's changing the method by which the lawmaking and government executing gets done in the country. Yeah. Okay, so just that's a little helpful thing for you. But when you're mad at somebody else for what they are not doing that you want them to do, here's the sad part. You're the fascist. Because you're trying to change the rules of the game while we're in the middle of playing it. Mm-hmm. Which is much closer to any kind of fascist takeover than than people sitting around saying, now nah, we're not going to change anything right now. Right. So, total goofball move. Total goofball move. I, I, I got to say this also while we're on the subject. Yeah, go for it. There, so, so, effectively, what occurred after this once this protest had started you know there's the shooting this protest was planned and why it's national news is that during the protest three members of the democratic legislature there decided that they were going to join the protesters violating the rules of the chamber mm-hmm. and bringing them onto the floor and protest with them which included yelling into a megaphone and and disrupting the proceedings of the body and those were justin jones justin pearson and gloria johnson so very stupid people very stupid plan very stupid thing to do and it if you're there and you're on the floor of a legislature and all of a sudden protesters barge in unarmed with megaphones etc and disrupt proceedings you would be excused for saying that that seems very similar to january 6th i think mm-hmm. i think i think you could be excused for that yeah um it's almost the exact same thing now i'll tell you one key difference between january 6th and this event is that no members of the Republican legislature joined the protesters on January 6th, ushering them onto the floor and then shouting alongside them. Yeah. That didn't happen on January 6th. That actually didn't so, happen, as funny as that may sound. It's, you yeah. know, huh, wow. So these three individuals effectively broke the rules of the body. Mm-hmm. And then the Republican-led legislature voted to expel them good on you and uh you can guess what happened next the cries of uh, here's the here's the funniest thing oh actually only two were uh, actually expelled which were justin jones and justin pearson yep gloria johnson 
who notably is the only woman who joined the protesters, notably the only white person who joined the protesters, once they got around to doling out punishments, argued that, yes, she had stood nearby to the protest, but she hadn't shouted through a megaphone or slammed her fist on the table, so she shouldn't have to be expelled from yeah from the legislature so she was like yes i'm with you brothers i'm with you except except i'm kind of using you actually actually if you could go rob the cvs with me or for me actually and then you just bring me back some of the maybe it's maybelline and then but if you get arrested i'll tell people that it's an injustice but you go kind of do it for me. Yeah. I'd love that. So classic the, white privilege on this woman. <laughs> one of the things too about her is, is, is she apologized and and she apologized, you know, to the body. And there was some uh, with both Justins. They, their apology didn't seem to carry the weight, or they didn't apologize. So there's there's a little bit difference in kind in their actual behavior. Um, and then it's up to the body to vote. And lo and behold. Uh, I forget the lady's name, but she's allowed to stay and the Justins have to go, uh, which the the big problem about that is the optics, right? It's like it may have been expedient and correct, but as we know, Christopher, if you're explaining in politics, you're losing. Yeah. And one of the things you have seen is the RNC hasn't touched this. They haven't said anything about it because why? To explain this is to lose. And it's better for the Tennessee uh, legislative body to take the L than the RNC. You that's know. right. And so. that's why Hunter and I are here to explain it and thereby lose for them. That's brilliant. <laughs> um, Hunter, this is actually kind of cool. We have actually a exclusive carpooling audio clip from the floor of the tent. It's amazing that we were able to actually secure this when they yeah. were performing the vote and they were about to vote on whether on whether um, Gloria Johnson should be expelled or not. So we'll go to that just now. Exclusive carpooling audio. You ain't black. So that's <laughs> what happened. And I look. It's hard I, to argue I, with look, Joe Biden on that. I mean, <laughs> take it up with Tennessee. Okay. I can't, yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. But I did get that exclusive clip. So, okay. So obviously, uh, when you expel somebody from their job, this happens in the private and the public sector all the time. But when you tell someone that they can't work their job anymore because they broke the rules, um, very often one decides that the reason that that was the case wasn't because they decided to break the rules, but it was because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. So the Justins magically transformed into magical civil rights leaders <laughs> in seconds when they were expelled and this is this is what is so sick to me is to frame this issue in its proper place we are still waiting in the wake of three dead children yes and three dead adults And just like the article we read last week that said we were already afraid for our lives as the trans community, now it's even worse. Ignoring the actual victims of this headline, Yep. now we've gotten so far 
down the road of desperately grasping for attention that now the victims aren't even just unnamed trans people. Mm. Now the victims are powerful Democratic legislators. Now they're the real victims of this. Now it's Selma. Now they're being shot with the fu- with the fire hose and chased down by the police dogs as as long as the fire hose that you're talking about is wall-to-wall media attention and the dog that you're talking about is chris hayes giving you a a lap dance style interview that's the the persecution that they're actually suffering from not only that but the, based on the tennessee code these these lawmakers will just be reinstated that's how this works because the county, apparently, the district is able to reselect them to go back to the the legislature. So this is nothing more than a a it's it's formality discipline. Discipl- uh, that's right. It's a it's a formality type of disciplinary action, and yet they're Malcolm X now. It, it's so rich, and it, it just goes to show you again that there is a there is a desperate wrenching unfulfilled need for victimhood in America mm-hmm. that when the when we see actual victims getting some attention for being actual victims it does not take the left half of a breath to step in and try and steal some of that noxious fume for themselves they I, are I, desperate for it i think this all goes to like the notion of wanting to be a celebrity and wanting to have your internet fame and everything like that. And, you know... And Hunter, I, I, I'd like to take this time just to remind folks to like us on Apple like Podcasts us, and subscribe like us, like and us, like rate, us, the like yeah. rate the show. Rate the show. Right. Well, I, I hope what people get when they come to this show is people who are wanting to talk about trying to trying to get through some of this fog that's that's our goal right that's why we're not we're not doing it like right as it happens you know it's also not our jobs and everything like that but i mean we're we're trying to help you see that what's happening in your culture is happening and you're not crazy for noticing it right, right. like that that's right. the goal and if we can help more people to see that and not be distracted by the narratives that fly fast through the media. That's what we want to do. And if we can do that for a hundred people, that'd be awesome. If we could do that for more people, that would be awesome. But one thing that we're not going to do is we're not going to ignore tragedy, right? We're not going to say that these kids that die don't matter more than us. Right. Mm -hmm. And that doing right there doesn't matter more than this show. And so it's crazy to see the play acting, the LARPing that's going on in a body of government. And I want you to remember this because it's important. Alex de Tocqueville said that the worst people, if you don't know him, he wrote the book about America before America knew what America was all about. And Hunter, what's that book called? Democracy in America. So it's pretty straightforward. It's it's very straightforward (laughs) what it's discussing. And what he said is that the worst people go into politics. He said the brightest and the smartest people go into business because that's where his money is to be made. The worst people go into politics because they just become the will of the people. If they don't do what the people want, they're rejected. And look at what your politicians do. Whichever way the wind is blowing, that's how they act. That's exactly who they are. And you should see it and you should know it. And this shouldn't surprise you moving forward. It should be what you come to expect. Right. Demand better. Demand better. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no. Great, great point. Demand better. But to wrap up this topic, we really would be we would be mistaken to not 
acknowledge that <laughs> of of politicians that are following most the famous. wind, the the most vapid and vacuous old windsock of them all couldn't help to make her way down. This is what's so funny to me. The kids die a couple weeks ago. You don't hear a peep from the White House except for Corinne Jean-Pierre saying something like, well, it sure is sad that a trans person had to shoot all those Christian babies or something. Sick. That might not be a direct quote. But the... But the See, that wasn't sick. Like, oh, that's sick. That was I got S-I-C, it. I, 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 okay. I know what you did. Okay. <laughs> so, but past that, you heard very little. The moment, the same day, or the morning after, I can't remember either way. Um, I hate that I'm about to say the morning after in the same sentence as Kamala Harris, but here we've done it. Uh, the same... 24-hour period that these legislators were expelled, Kamala Harris got on a plane and went down to a historically black college in Tennessee to do a school-marming uh, school speech. What I think about the Venn diagram where she was <laughs> juxtaposing herself with Martin Luther King and it was just a circle. And she could not have been more excited. So anyway, she's such a joke. She does nothing, and then she goes and kicks rocks, and then she retreats back to the Faraday cage where they keep her in so she can't electronically embarrass the administration. Mm. But she's such a joke. And also, she did not schedule time to meet with the families of the actual victims of this situation. She went to go join, I love the way you put it, the LARP of the pretend victims. So... Uh, long walk short pier award this week is definitely going to uh, we've probably got a couple more to give out but one of them definitely goes to kamala the please pay attention to me i'm a victim too i promise harris ridiculous let me put it to you this way and then we don't have to talk about it anymore but kamala harris is to being victimized and and media attention as Kamala Harris is to Willie Brown taking his pants off. All right, Hunter, next story. Next uh, story. Just let's, let's jump right, right into let's next. jump right into the next story. Let's not even look back. Let's jump let's forge just ahead to the next story. Yeah. Um and have that you heard next of this story, Donald Trump guy? Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah, me too. He's um, kinda cute when you're not looking at him. Nope. <laughs> that's not how anything works. That's that's the opposite of how you you think something's cute, actually. So, yeah, please segue, boys. Oh, thank you, robot. <laughs> thank you, Jamie. Oh, Jamie, it's much nicer when you're being genuine and not sarcastic like your normal programming. <laughs> um, yeah. So last week, Donald Trump was arraigned. Is that is that the right? Did I legal right? Yeah, you um, legaled right. So, uh, so here's how it works, and we're talking about uh, the district, the district in Manhattan, district attorney for Manhattan, uh, held a, held a grand jury. They, he decided he wanted to prosecute. He sent his prosecution to a grand jury. A grand jury decides if there's a case here. They decided yes, there is a case here, which is called an indictment. So they indicted. Donald Trump, which means he had to be arrested, and when you're arrested, you get arraigned. It's where you have the charges formally presented to you, and you're able to plead guilty or not guilty, and then many motions are filed, and the 
the discovery process starts and it usually ends in either a plea bargain some type of settlement or or a, a court trial so that's that's the stage that we're at but he was arraigned last week yeah um it was dumb and Alvin Bragg is mean and not very smart and uh Alvin Bragg is to bad indictments as Kamala Harris. No, no never mind. Oh. <laughs> but, but like, here, here's the deal. Why, why is Trump here? Well, it's for a lot of things. To put it frankly, there's 34 indictments. So to say one of them is kind of hard. But essentially, they're trying to hit him for campaign finance laws, which they're really, really stretching the legal definitions here because technically that's a federal crime. And the federal government hasn't pursued any of these, but Alvin Bragg is saying they should have, and so he's going to pursue them that way. It, it's confusing, but they're saying essentially Hunter, this. Can I tell you just the most hilarious thing just happened? Sure, yeah. While, while we are recording, Justin yeah. Jones was reappointed to his seat in the Tennessee legislature. Jeez Literally, Louise. it just happened. Wow. So, he's, okay, sorry, go ahead. What a martyr. Um <laughs> Like Jesus, he spent like nearly Jesus. three days out of the legislature. <laughs> it is Easter weekend, right? So I mean, you know. And I remember Clarence Thomas standing outside the legislature saying, give us Barabbas. Actually, no, give us that white chick. The white chick. We'll take the white chick. <laughs> then they crucified him. Yeah. Uh, but look, he's Or back. kicked him out of the office. Who knows? Would anyway. that Kamala Harris, Mary Magdalene? <laughs> sure. Which sure, makes, if, that, if that's what you want. Yeah, which I guess makes Willie Brown whoever gave Mary Magdalene a job. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's hard to say what Alvin Bragg is necessarily indicting him for, but essentially they're trying to get these uh, uh, chart these uh, campaign finance laws, and they're basically saying that Trump misallocated funds. He paid things out of his personal pocket that he should have paid out of his campaign pocket, and he should have told people about that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's really no there there. And even the theory that they're using to kind of make all these laws work, the judge has described as novel. So really— well, let me ex let me explain actually why it is novel. Because yeah, go for it. Yeah. You can see, I think, did Trump commit a falsification of business records? Uh, let me t okay so before we go to your point let me just talk about the mechanics of how this all worked because i think the mechanics kind of highlight just what a weaponization of our judicial system this really is sure so in the state of new york the statute of limitations on a misdemeanor is two years so the indictment that they are making against donald trump deals with a falsification of business records that dealt with what they're calling illegal payments and from those illegal payments falsifications of business records to three people there was a doorman i have no idea what that story is about then there's yeah. stormy daniels and then there's another like adult film star that apparently trump had some kind of nuisance liaison with or something so though there's those three incidents those incidents those payments to those people could be classified as a campaign finance violation. If you were to classify those as a campaign finance violation, then the way that Trump Trump 
conducted some of his business record keeping would be fraudulent. Okay, so there were 34 instances where those records would be fraudulent if the underlying crime was was campaign finance actually committed. Okay, yeah. In general, those type of falsification of business records cases are misdemeanors, which means they have a two-year statute of limitations. Now, the, these payments, in theory, happened back in, like, 2006. You'll see now we're all the way in 2023. So we're way past the statute of limitations. But, but if the falsification of those business records were done in order to cover up an underlying crime those can be upgraded to felony falsification of business records cases, mm-hmm. which that makes the statute of limitations five years. Okay. But if the underlying crime that you're trying to cover up is a felony or is a federal felony, mm-hmm. which campaign finance violation is, then you can actually remove the statute of limitations variable completely from those charges. Great. Now, the state of New York can't charge Trump with a federal felony. That would take a federal agency to do. Right, now, which they the, said they don't want to. Right. The FBI and the DOJ looked at the facts of the underlying case and said, we're not prosecuting this. There's nothing here. Mm. But the novel theory that Alvin Bragg is using is that just pretend like he is guilty of that federal crime. Then we can attach all of these misdemeanors. We can then upgrade them to felonies and then felonies without a statute of limitations and we'll use that to go after trump in uh this manhattan district court that's the that is the lengths at which we are bending and breaking the legal system to go and uh, to get an arrest for donald trump look i support it um (laughs) if you if you if al capone's on the streets and he's gunning down people in speakeasies and he's you know putting horse heads in people's beds i'm pretty sure that was him then listen i i hope people died when i said that i hope people just like were like the godfather what happened no! they definitely turned off the podcast <laughs> yeah exactly um come back come back to us but but look like you know if if you're just gonna destroy if that's who you're going after, yeah, you throw out the book, you know, and then you grab the book and you beat someone to death with the book, and that's what you see them trying to do here. I mean, like, they think Trump is Hitler, so they're going to find however they can hit him, and that's how they're going to hit him. And everything becomes justified when you talk and you think like that, and mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one read of the situation is that Alvin Bragg said he was going to do it, and gosh dang it, he did it. But then there's the other read, which is a little bit more sinister, is this makes Trump the headline. And this is working, is his poll numbers are skyrocketing. Um, it used Only to be- among Republicans in primaries. He's still getting yep. absolutely slaughtered in the general and by independents. That's so. a great point. And kind of to where I'm headed here is that, you know, the conversation a little while ago was, hey, Trump and Ron DeSantis, Trump and Ron DeSantis, I wonder how that's all going to play out. Ron's gone right now as far as the current polls are it it is trump only but trump is only popular with the people who support him with people with r's next who are identify as republicans right independence this is not making them like trump more this is not making them think he's being wronged by someone this is not bringing people to his side this is a trap this is a trap 
to get ours to nominate Trump as the Republican nominee. That is what this is. We're going to continue to see thing, whether or not that's what Alvin Bragg has in his mind. That's how the media is playing it. That is what the media and the Democrat Party want, and they will use every opportunity they can to make that reality happen. Because they believe, and rightly so, Joe Biden can beat Trump just like he already did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a scary point because regardless of the charges, regardless of the novel stuff, it's it's unprecedented in the way that it uh, has a president being dragged before a court over such dubious novel charges. Um, but at the same point, this is a an astute political maneuver to encourage Republicans to lose. That is what this is yet again. So yeah. and actually, Hunter, we have exclusive audio oh, no. from the from Uh the dnc headquarters when they were coordinating with alvin bragg to engage in this election interference when they were asking that i I think it was actually nancy pelosi asked are the republican voters really stupid enough to fall for this bait and the head of the dnc uh beelzebub lucifer faust answered but the people are retarded (laughs) so exclusive audio straight from the dnc headquarters there for me Listen, um, the the Democrats want horrible things, and they're cunning at getting them. The Republicans, in my opinion, want the right things, and they are dumb. Are <laughs> and that dumb. that is the problem that we, it, are we don't so know how to fight. Dumb. Yeah, yeah. And, so watch out. The, ben Shapiro said it best on on one of his episodes this week. There is no substitute for victory. Be as mad as you want about Trump. Yep. But he is not a suave savvy politician he has proved it over and over and over and over again if he's a savvy politician he does not for one he just beats joe biden because we all agree joe biden is a corpse right we all agree that he is he is held together with gaffer tape and a pacemaker so Trump lost to him, and there was nothing with... If, if he was a savvy politician, he would have some evidence about Dominion mo- voting machines if he knew that that was going to happen. If he's a savvy politician, then he would have some evidence about coolers of lockers being dropped off in Georgia and other places. If he was a savvy politician, he would have had some evidence. He had the chance to present evidence. He had no evidence. And by the way... A savvy politician would never get mixed up in January 6th. A savvy politician would never make that unforced error. A savvy politician would not be attacking his his own potential running mates, let's say, like Ron DeSantis. A savvy politician would not fall into every available trap and step on every possible rake that you can step on in the time since he's lost the election. And Trump has. He is not a savvy politician. There is no substitute for victory. This is bait. It's a trap, and we are dumb, and you are going to fall for it, and we are going to take the bait, and we are going to get hooked, and it's going to be four more years of the weakest, most anemic foreign policy imaginable. It's going to be four more years of pushing the yuan over the U.S. dollar. It's going to be four more years of unmitigated inflation, and it's going to be four more years of of kids getting their dicks chopped off at school. So that is my thoughts on that subject yeah vote for the libertarian party yeah vote green <laughs> you wonder if jill stein's gonna take another bite at the apple this year why not um, why get not bite at the apple green yeah party. i got it i was I there, am dude. so good at this it's painful <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. So hopefully you uh, wake up and pay attention. I'm. We're gonna do a, a, a PSA on how to get into your primary because good night. We need to. Yeah. We, um, we're gonna have to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we take it to our last story? Let's take it to the last story. Right. And this is gonna be a supreme story. Yeah. Nothing? Not even a little chuckle? I don't get it, Hunter. It, it's about a Supreme Court justice? It's Is I, that so, like a normal justice, but it has all the toppings? Yeah, exactly. He's got guac. <laughs> a little Ew, bit of... No, what? No, like... <laughs> all right, just tell the story. Good Lord, Hunter. I did not give you Clarence to make these jokes. <laughs> nice! Yeah, Thank so you. Clarence Thomas has been accused of impropriety um he's taken gifts he's taken bribes all from his very rich friend uh he's gone on exclusive vacations and get this he had the audacity not to tell the federal government about it um unbelievable he was just going on massive trips uh not at the taxpayer's expense mind you but his friend was just buying him stuff. Oh, and get this. His friend is a real estate agent. Uh, really, really successful real estate agent. Has ugos and bugos of money. And, uh, you know, just uh, buying Clarence's favor. Uh, you know, how good is that for your business to be smooshing up to uh, Supreme Court justice? And there's a huge piece in ProPublica telling us all the juicy details of this relationship. How Supreme Court justices said... Uh, from your said that this is just unimaginable, that this could never be. I would never do this. I never even used my moniker when I made reservations because I wanted to be so beyond this approach. Um, it's all made up. It's, it's just a bunch of... It's just made up. It's a total fabrication. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's so crazy how fabricated this is. Um, this is. It's like this. If we were playing baseball... If me and Chris were playing baseball, and halfway through the game, I so said... So I'm up by like 16, 17 runs halfway right? through the game. <laughs> halfway through the game. And I was like, hey, you know what? One strike isn't out. And then I said, oh, well, Chris was only up by, you know... He's actually losing to me by five runs because he's actually been out most of those innings because he got one strike. Yeah, because I would just swing the bat for fun at the first one in the wrong direction just kind of memeing on how much better i am at baseball right so i yeah so i was just so i struck out a bunch but that you changed the rules right exactly it's crazy uh essentially the way that this campaign uh, not campaign finance but um the way that you had to report finances gifts donations for many years was uh not a big deal it didn't matter as far as Supreme Court justices go. Why? Why is that? Why is it different? Well, it it's makes sense. There's no favor to be bought there. You are the Supreme Court justice. You sit on the bench for life. It's not like you're going to like get elected and then be beholden to this person. This person could give you five hundred dollars, and then you could do whatever you want, and no consequence would that bribe make on how you ruled, how you acted. Um, you know, you could do whatever you want without any fear of losing your position or not getting elected again, right? You don't, you're not beholden to anyone. Yeah, um, and also nobody lobbies. No one is allowed to lobby the Supreme Court. So one of the like 
we were talking about the AOC corruption charge a couple weeks ago about the Met Gala. And one of the reasons that it was such a big deal is that the company that paid for her ticket to the Met Gala is a company that actively lobbies the, the House of Representatives. So that's a clear conflict of interest. There's no, it's illegal to lobby the Supreme Court in any way. And so it's, it's irrelevant. There's no legal method to do that. So it's irrelevant to uh, say that you're buying or currying favor. Now, what, what is illegal is to have a deal, you know, to pay off the Supreme Court. Let's say you have a case that's going to be tried by the Supreme Court and you get some money to either call that case up or decide it a certain way, that is obviously illegal. But there we're talking about clear collusion. It's illegal to collude with the Supreme Court justice in any way by providing them service uh, or providing them payment for a service rendered at the highest court in the land. Mm. But to make that case, you have to say, here is the case that was unfairly adjudicated because of a bribe, a a quid pro quo, etc. Right. And so... That but but this the soft lobbying dark money in politics angle just doesn't fly. It doesn't sit on the Supreme Court because because of the appointment for life. It's it's very different in that way. So Harlan Crow, who's been friends with with Clarence Thomas for twenty five years and is extremely wealthy, was providing him with trips and travel and lodging etc at some of his estates and on his yacht and this and that sounds very nice but uh under the original under the rules of ethics and reporting at the supreme court because it was a family friend because it was a a friendly tie that connected harlan crow and clarence thomas Mm. that was not they that was not required to be reported uh, it it simply was not part of the ethics guidelines. Now, in the past s- month, basically, those epic guidelines have been updated, and Clarence Thomas has come out and said, yes, the guidelines have changed, and I plan on fully complying with the new guidelines. And and this is what I think, where I think people are getting offline on this story, is they believe that Clarence Thomas was engaged in some type of cover-up. Clarence Thomas was not covering up at all the fact that he was traveling and lodging with Harlan Crow. Not like even a little pictures, bit. Photos. He's posted pictures of them together at yep. his estates. There's yep. no cover-up here. And what happened is ProPublica put out this this hit piece, and we are retroactively trying to assign guilt to Clarence Thomas for following the rules as they were written at such a time. And the assumption people make is that this was, okay, so it wasn't illegal, but it sure was shady. No, there was no cover-up from Clarence Thomas. He was not hiding the fact that he was taking these trips. He was not hiding who was paying for these trips. ProPublica, and I will refuse to call them ProPublica, (laughs) ProPublica put the story out like it was a bombshell but right. it's it's a total it's a total gaff yeah um it, even on my first read i was like ah it doesn't sound so good but upon further inspection i realized that these ethics law rules just changed clarence thomas has been in full compliance with them as far as i can tell mm-hmm. and uh that 
there is no there was no cover up. There was no there was no issue. Also, I'll say this: Harlan Crow does not now, nor has ever had a case that was eligible to be tried at the Supreme Court. So there is at least no direct conflict of interest whatsoever. You are completely within your rights to say, I don't like this. Because as an American, that's your right to say about anything, right? You can you can feel that way. You can absolutely understandably um, be in that mode. But one thing that you do need to think about there is how news stories are concocted to manipulate you, yep. right? And exactly. that and that that is the thing is, you know what what is one of the pieces of information that could change your opinion when you're reading this uh, ProPublica? You're welcome uh, article. Mm. If they mention how the rules have changed, if they explain that this is something recent. But we really, but because of this rule change, we looked into it and we saw that Clarence was doing something that we really didn't like. Okay, well, that changes something. It's not that Clarence was hiding what he was doing. It's not that he was trying to manipulate or be sneaky about what he was doing and it was wrong. You know, it was that he was doing this. These were the rules that everyone was allowed to play by. Clarence liked this guy. This guy liked Clarence. They had similar political interests, right, as citizens of America. Obviously, they're going to talk. They're powerful people in the country. They're going to work through things. They're going to fund different things. They're going to have, you know, talk about the next generation of justices and what we can do for them and on and on and on and just enjoy each other's company, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now the rules have changed, right? And so now there's a there's this impetus with this rule change for people on the other side of the aisle to make you think that a, you can call I wouldn't necessarily call it hero but a stalwart figure on the right is not as clean as they once thought was doing something dirty and what they want you to do is they one they want the collapse from everybody on their team and two they want you to start bickering with everybody else they want you to start saying, well, this isn't good enough because what the right always does is always they, does. They 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 allow the perfect to am I saying this right? They allow the perfect to be the enemy of the good. Is that yes. is that the phrase? Okay. And so what they what they do is like they have an impossible standard and everything that doesn't meet it, they fight, they pick. I never said that. This was my opinion. I always said this. You didn't agree with me there. No, 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 no. And you see commentators do this all the time is where they tear each other to shreds because they do not meet this i this right wing ideal of what you know the country is supposed to be like mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and that is what they're driving for because those people know that narrative better than you do and it's, they it's it's fine to disagree but purity tests are insane and it's also insane exactly. to focus on disagreements more than you focus on agreements you know where this happens all the time Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles yeah. People love to to talk about how much more enlightened their take is than Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles on different areas because they said something a little bit too harsh or a little bit too cutting or a little bit too a little bit too authoritarian in your opinion or whatever it mm -hmm. is. And it's like, you know what? Matt Walsh has done more for the young impressionable children of this country than any conservative that I know. For yep. now now you know, there's other conservatives who have done more for the adults and the minds, I think, for sure. But for the children, I can't think of anyone that's done more than Matt Walsh. And to focus on the way that he phrases, phrases something more than you focus on the good that he's doing for the movement, that is a crazy thing to do, I think. Fine to disagree, 
Be vocal about your disagreements. Say where you disagree. Make sure people know that it, whose side you're on. And make sure yeah. that the things that bring us together are bigger than the things that keep us apart. Because d- letting perfect be the enemy of the good is the is the endemic problem of the conservative it would seem in America. Yeah. Um, okay, goes back couple- to that, goes back to what we said earlier there is that you know nothing beats victory. Yeah. You know? There's no substitute for it. There's, There's no, no substitute. substitute. Right. And you think and like it you see this happening too like we see this happening like in abortion cases that are or not cases necessarily but abortion legislation throughout the country is like people are making very, 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 very hardline stances on when abortion happens and when it gets cut off. And what you see is the backlash to that is actually making abortion more available. Right. Right. And it's like, there's a reason why the Bible says be as wise as serpents. Right. And it's like, you know, like what gets the most good, what saves the most babies Make that your goal and win that way. And if that mm. means you have to make a compromise that you're not happy with, but it saves more babies than sticking to your guns, maybe that's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, and so anyway, go ahead. Uh, let me just say a couple more points on this. Uh, first of all, uh, the left is unbelievably confusing about this. And truly, it's impossible to make them happy. So on the one hand, they think that black people are put upon in this country and that they don't have nice things. And then we show them this picture of a black man who grew up as the son of a sharecropper, a single mother, and uh, became a Supreme Court justice. Now he's out partying on private resorts and yachts, and now you're upset about it. Like, what the heck is What do you want? <laughs> we try it every which way. You, you know what? I'm starting to think that you don't actually care about how much money black people get to spend and how good of a time they have to have. I think that you only like black people if they agree with you. And I think that you treat black people like a block so that you can manipulate them and use them because you see them as, let's say, voting chattel for your means and your ends. Because... Mm. If you actually liked it when black people got ahead in America and got to enjoy nice things, why wouldn't you be celebrating Clarence Thomas? And I'll tell you this, too. If this was happening in reverse, if we were scrutinizing a black politician on the left this way, the cries of racism would be so loud that it would be a din that you could not hear over. Now, I won't Mm. call you racist for looking into Clarence Thomas. I will call you racist for pretending that he's not black because he doesn't think the way that you would have him think. Yep. Okay. And one last point, uh, in all of the hilarity that's happened here, people have been saying that Harlan Crow is a Nazi because he owns Nazi memorabilia. He actually apparently owns a signed copy of Mein Kampf, which is, is certainly a piece and, and, and maybe just a little philosophy here to end the show with. Um, a signed copy of Mein Kampf is something to behold. And I don't mean that in that we hold it in reverence because of the morality of the author, obviously. What I mean by that is it is a touch point on the narrative of humanity. It is a relevant inflection in the song of our existence and it's something worth remembering and 
you can of course get a copy of Mein Kampf and read it and and I would suggest that you do read Mein Kampf not because I agree with the contents of the tome specifically because I don't and one of the best ways to combat ideas is to understand them so that you can point out their weaknesses and their flaws mm. but a signed copy to think here is a book signed by the hand of the man that put millions in Europe to death. It's worthwhile remembering that that's a part of our story. Mm. It's worthwhile remembering that that's a part of our history and our collective narrative. And the reductionism that it takes to simply see that tome and call the one who is preserving it a Nazi is so stupid and short-sighted and ignorant that you almost can't overstate the ignorance of that position. Mm. Harlan Crow has apparently a full garden full of communist and Nazi and fascist memorabilia as well as statues of some of the most famous communists and fascists and tyrants from the 20th century. And that seems like a rather weird garden to keep. But he says the reason for it is so that he can remember the things that he hates, namely communism and fascism, and also so that he can teach his progeny and his friends about what a massive amount of evil the West and its ideals have been able to defeat. And I think that that is a very useful sentiment. You know, great art is something to behold. Beauty is something to behold. And sometimes beauty springs forth in tragedy. I actually went to a concentration camp when I used to live in Europe and I had like an iPhone I don't know negative six <laughs> it was not a good one and it did not have a good camera uh, it was back when there was only one camera on the back and there was a single that is it a daffodil that you blow on and make a wish and it scatters its seed it's a dandelion uh, isn't it dandelion okay there was a single dandelion in this field and it was it was a wild picture because behind it was the maw of a a shower. And I saw the daffodil standing there in in what certainly used to be just a muddy field walking up to these open double doors where you know that many many people were were put to death. Mm. And it just looked so tragic and serene but beautiful standing there alone in defiance of the great evil of that site and so i took a picture of the of it i I knelt down with my crappy phone camera i took a picture of it and to this day it is the highest resolution picture i have ever taken when you look at when you look at the counts of the pixels on it and then you zoom in it truly seems impossible um maybe i'll maybe we can publish the picture yeah um because it is it is something to behold it's not something to behold necessarily because it's beautiful it's something to behold because it has 
something to say. And, and maybe what we'll learn is that maybe real beauty is tragic. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe beauty is connected to meaning intrinsically. And maybe even from the darkest depths, something can emerge that is worth looking at and worth talking about. And I just, I just want to, I want to implore everyone who's looking at this story or casually sees the headline that this guy is a Nazi to, um, to not be so stupid, to open your eyes to the idea that it's worth looking at the worst thing that you can imagine and contemplating it because there's purpose and meaning. And I think therefore beauty in great tragedy and great evil and by the way, if you're a Christian, that's the image of the cross. So mm. anyway, I, 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 I kind of fell in love with that idea of, of that garden. And honestly, I'd like to go. So Harlan, if you're listening, and I know <laughs> that you are, um, yeah, give, us a, give us a shout out. We'd love to, we'd love to come check it out. And you can, you can look, we're not even Supreme Court justice. So I'm sure there'd be no problem with you uh, flying us out there. So, right uh, um, I, let, let me let me add to that because I think you just did such a beautiful job with with that imagery and kind of making a very very hard difficult thing to talk about with Harlan here that that it's true you know that that, that there's some value to this um, you know if there is if to have a good you have to have an evil and if you have no good you have nothing to strive and aim for and if that's the case then you just exist and so like to have something beautiful requires the pain to go along with it. You know, um, there's that great quote that says, what does God lack? Well, he lacks limitation, you know, and one of the reasons that I believe we exist in concert with God is because he, this gives him something to do. Like this gives him a game to play. It gives him something to grow and see and change. And it's exciting for him. And for us, it gives us life. And if we would just give in, it gives us purpose and meaning and beauty and truth. And that comes with what that comes with, which is pain and suffering. It has to, there's no other way for it to exist. than for those two things to be together, I'll say this too. Um, one thing that I saw when Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris debated Christianity and atheism was this amazing thing is that Jordan really wanted to understand what Sam had to say. And Sam wanted to tell him five ways all at once how he was wrong. And when you listen to the other side and when you gain the ability to understand them, it shows confidence, power, and strength. And it can sometimes give you the ability to defeat those arguments, which if you look at the lives past that, I think has truly happened in Jordan and Sam's life. Um, but if you just attack, 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 it's a sign of weakness and it's a sign of fear is mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. Lastly, if Harlan had a signed copy of the Communist Manifesto, what would the reaction be? Well, if which he bought one it, of those it would be pretty ironic. Right. No, but I'm which one of those spilled more blood? Yeah. Right? And the answer is it's pretty dang close, right? And it there's almost no difference. I don't think it's close at all. It depends it's, on it's how you close want to. It's close in so that is, it's is, so many bodies a, that it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, it, like, who knows? Who cares? It's not important, right? But yeah. the answer is enough on both sides, right? Yeah, the, they, birth, they are certainly equitable and evil, only communism strips outstrips fascism with its efficiency. I, I would actually say the opposite of that because I think fascism is extremely efficient people just can smell the rat sooner 
Oh, you uh, know. Maybe so. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying as far as if as far as its goal is to do evil to the most number of people, then uh, yeah. communism's done it very efficiently. It seems to do it by mistake. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe we should be in charge of food. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> it, yeah, well, that depends, too, because when Lenin comes by and says, oh, we'll put this guy in charge of food. Um, yeah. Is he doing that because he actually thinks that there's going to be enough food? That is a sure. That is a question that I don't think um, I don't think goes the same way that yeah. we would wish it would. Hey, eat l- the kulaks. Yeah, eat the kulaks. <laughs> They're high in fiber <laughs> because of their old timey clothes. Uh, just to wrap it up, that's that's all I have to say about the Clarence Thomas thing. I think it I think it is a nothing burger. I think we're being manipulated. Um, I don't think Harlan Crow is a Nazi, and uh, you should actually look into these stories that just get tossed at you because it's worth not being so stupid, which is why you're listening to carpooling. And interestingly enough, to his great credit, and of course I'm I am recalcitrant and and infrequently willing to give credit to Joseph Biden, but when asked about the the carpooling or or the um the uh, Clarence Thomas situation. He wasn't asked about the carpooling situation. He uh, he's still working on his response to that. But when he's asked about the Clarence Thomas situation, he did actually come out and defend Clarence Thomas. And actually, we here at, at carpooling have exclusive audio of that. So I'm gonna oh wow I'm gonna share that with you now. Poor kids so- are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Look, you can't say it any better than that. I mean, he really went to bat for him there, and I think that that's. I think that's pretty important. Hunter, did you did did you finish your point? Is that all you wanted to say on that? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. No, no, I'm good. Thank you. Well, awesome. I think that's our that's the headlines. That's the show. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, remember, carpooling.com slash knife. Get yourself a cool knife. I think I'm gonna pick out my knife of the week and include oh, it in the in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and so this week, I think we're gonna go classic. We're gonna go Italian. We talked a little bit about the godfather i'm gonna pick out an automatic stiletto and include that in the show notes so go take a look at it use our link and you can you can purchase any knife but if you if you want to get the knife of the week that would be awesome and uh use our link we'll get a kickback for that that's a huge help to the show if you are looking for a gift definitely consider that um, you can get something nice for somebody that you care about and also help out coral pulling at the same time. If just a handful of you guys would actually go through and do that for us, it would, it would uh, really change what we're able to provide going forward as far as the show is concerned, but we want to hear from you. So tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us what you'd like us to discuss. You can email us at carpooling at gmail.com. Most importantly, it would be fantastic if you guys would leave us a review on Spotify or iTunes and rate us five stars. Look, do both. Don't just rate it. Go in, write a review, tell us what you want us to talk about. That would be fantastic. Follow the show at Carl Pulling on all the socials. I'm at Chris X Carl. Hunter's at Emotional Carl. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you guys uh, all this week. And, and we, we're going to actually probably record two episodes next week. So if you've got a topic for us, get it in now. Hunter, anything to say in closing? Any salutary remarks you know as i was um just thinking today about the show and what i really wanted to leave people with and help them to understand you know something important something they could take with their life something that would make an actual difference i realized that it just came down to these simple words get tested